The reading is taken from John chapter 14, 15 to 31. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. My Father will... Sorry. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded of me. Come now, let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift that you are. Come to us now, we pray, and show us more of yourself. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Just imagine for a moment that I have a painting here, and it's the painting of a country scene, and I'm describing to you what is in this painting. So perhaps I'll say, there is a bull in the field. Now, imagine that we are on a country walk together, and as we're walking along, we come to a field, and you're about to hop over a stile into the field. 
and I say in a loud voice, there is a bull in the field. Context is everything, isn't it? Context is so important, and the context of this story, this passage that we're reading, is one of love. Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet, a beautiful expression of his self-giving, practical love. And he is about to show them the full extent of his love, as John puts it, when he goes to his death. And he says to them that just as he has loved them, they must learn to love one another. And then immediately after this conversation, he says it again. He says, remain in my love. And then, this is my commandment, that you love one another. He repeats it, and then he repeats it again. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that his command is for us to love. So when we join this conversation about the Spirit, we must recognize that the Spirit is all about love. The Spirit of love is promised to us so that we can ourselves know the love of God. The Spirit, as it were, makes God's love real to us. And the Spirit is promised to us so that we can, in response, love God. And the Spirit is promised to us so that we can love one another. All of it goes together. It's inseparable. As John says later in one of his letters, God is love, and those who live in God live in love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. So the invitation to join in with the life of the Spirit is an invitation to join in with a life of love. Just as God is this beautiful community of three in one and reflects love, we too must do the same. But our world is very unloving. I was talking to a friend the other day, and to put it frankly, year 10 girls, I know they were beautiful and lovely up here, they were younger actually, but year 10 girls, they can be really unkind. And it's not just year 10 girls, is it? It's everywhere, a short supply of love that is true and good and kind and patience. We see it not just in our schools, we see it in our workplaces, in our homes even, in our world, in our nation. The Lord knows we need help. And that is exactly what Jesus promises. He promises us a helper. John gives the Spirit the name paraclete. That's the Greek word. Uh, that's the only bit of Greek you're going to get, don't worry. And paraclete uh, is not easily translated into English because it's a title, uh, a name that means so much. It encompasses so much. It can mean helper, advocate, encourager, comforter. It's a beautiful word for the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who comes alongside. The Spirit is the one who resources us, who gives to us, who helps us when we've run out of resources ourselves. Mark and I recently watched a Netflix drama, 
and as a lovely illustration of uh, the work of the Spirit in this drama. It was a drama about a young single mother. Uh, she'd left her abusive partner, and she had to fight for custody of her child. And as the viewers, we know that she, she is, that, that, that is right, that she has uh, her child with her, but everything is stacked against her. Her partner has all the money and the resources and the wherewithal to fight the case in the law courts, but she has nothing. She has no money and has no lawyer to argue her case. And the situation seems hopeless until there's a spoiler alert now for any who want to see it, uh, until she uh, finds out that the woman she's cleaning for has a friend and that friend is a top lawyer and gives her time and her expertise to this woman for free. Of course, it changes everything. Having someone who comes alongside, who can speak for her, who can defend her cause, who can plead her cause. And that is the Holy Spirit's work. He is our advocate. The Spirit is there for us. He fights our corner. But this is not just an individual thing. This is not just for us personally. The Spirit is fighting the cause of love globally, cosmically. Yesterday, I had the privilege of listening to a woman who works for IJM. That's the International Justice Mission. And they do an amazing work on a global scale uh, to bring about... God's justice and righteousness. They fight for good. And in this battle against evil and destruction, this woman was sharing stories of how she saw, how she has seen the Spirit's work in bringing about God's purposes, sometimes miraculously, sometimes through people's, humans' efforts. And when I was listening to her talking about the work of IJM, I was thinking about Judas's question to Jesus. Uh, that's Judas, not Judas Iscariot. His question to Jesus when he says to Jesus, why do you intend to show yourselves to us and not to the world? I can really relate to this question. <clears throat> there have been many times when I have wanted to say to the Lord, why do you not just show yourself, just reveal yourself, reveal who you are to the world? I have, I have wanted him to show that beyond any shadow of doubt, he is who he says he is. I have wanted him to bring about his kingdom of justice and righteousness. I want him to bring Putin to his knees, to establish his right rule and reign. And if you have ever felt like me, then we're in good company. Moses, when he was up uh, the mountain with the Lord, asked the Lord, show me your glory, show yourself. And the prophet, the cry of the prophet is the same, isn't it? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. So Jesus' answer is not quite what we would expect. It may not seem much of an answer when we first read it. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. 
You see, Jesus is pointing to a very different way than our way. Jesus says, Revelation is all about loving. It's about an intimate relationship. Revelation does not come through clever arguments or dramatic acts. Revelation comes through knowing and loving God and being known and loved by God and sharing his love with one another. Jesus says, you will see me and know me because we will make our home together. I will reveal myself to you in the context of our life together. I think that is a most amazing picture of the Christian life, of the spirit-filled life. It's a picture of home. It's a picture of that space where we can be ourselves, a place of acceptance and joy, a place of flourishing. The best sort of home is the place where you can become the best that you are. We've all been moved by the need of the Ukrainians for a home. And it's so good to hear of host families that are opening their home to these strangers, these people who are in need, who are in danger. And it costs them. It costs in time and effort and, of course, financially. I hope and pray that we as a church community can support the host families that we know. This act of offering someone a home, of offering them a place in your family, whether that's through fostering or adopting a child, or whether that's through opening our home to a family in need, that act mirrors what God does for us. Jesus, the devoted son, invites us into the family home. And it costs him his life to enable us to join the family. Jesus offers to share his life with us and for us to share our lives with him. And I think it takes a lifetime to work out what that really means. What does it mean for us to live with God and for God to live with us and to have his home with us and ours with him? It's like we have to learn the ways of our new family we have to learn how they do things, how they speak to one another, how they treat one another. And in this lifelong learning, we have a good teacher. The Spirit is our teacher. As the Spirit lives with us, the Spirit who knows all things, he teaches us. So we must be teachable. Let us never fall into the temptation of thinking we know it all. Let us always remain open to learning from the Spirit. Because our world is changing so dramatically. There's, we've seen such seismic shifts in culture. It can be bewildering and confusing. We're doing things and talking about things that we never did five years ago. I mean, who would have believed that because of my son's response to the environmental crisis, we had vegan pie for Easter Sunday lunch? Who would have believed it? 
And we know, don't we, that some of the ideologies and philosophies around us are opposed to God, but some of them are not. How are we to know? How are we to discern what is of God and what is not? How are we to know what is in line with his loving purposes and what is not? We must trust the good teacher. We must trust the one who is love, the one who promises to be with us to the end of the ages, the one who will sustain us through all the changes and chances of this fleeting world. We must be open to listening and to hearing what the Spirit is saying to us now. This living with God doesn't just mean that we are known, but that we can know the heart of God. What an amazing thing. And the heart of God is a heart of peace. The life of the Trinity is a life of peace. Jesus reassures his followers, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. And it's a peace that is quantifiably different than anything you've ever experienced before. It's a peace that is different both in quality and in quantity. The biblical word for this peace is shalom. And it's so different to our word for peace. Our word for peace often just relates to a feeling or to a sense of calm. But the biblical word shalom is so much broader and bigger than that. Shalom is so much more than a feeling. It's a way of living. It's a life. It's about living with assurance, with hope, living with joy. Shalom is about living flourishing, healthy lives, lives of balance and wholeness. Shalom is about things being in the right place, not just for ourselves, but for others too, about things being in the right order. So my prayer for us this morning is that however we're feeling in the battle of love, however we might be with God and with one another, whether we are feeling victorious or whether we're feeling weary, my prayer is that we each would know that the life of the Spirit, the life of Shalom, feels like coming home. Amen.